Welcome to High Energy Health, where together we explore the leading edge of wellness and happiness. I'm your host, Dawson Church. By choosing this time together, you're declaring your commitment to a positive mindset, elevated emotions, and a great life. Thanks for joining me for today's episode. Hello and welcome. Welcome to the moment. Welcome to the day. Welcome to this next period of your life as a spiritual being on a human path. (laughs) I love those words. They were coined by the great philosopher Pierre Teilhard de Chardin in the 1950s to describe the whole magic of being a spiritual being, a being of spirit, a being of consciousness on the human path. And that's what we get to do every day. Some of us are aware of it, and we use techniques like meditation to connect us with that path. Others don't, and they spend their whole lives just focused on their local reality and don't spend a lot of time looking at the big picture. But because you're here, because you're one of the high-energy health community, You are spending time looking at the big picture of your life, why you're here, what you're doing, how you can live an inspired life. And that is what I so want for you, to live an inspired life, both in the big picture and in the small picture. The big picture, of course, is beyond our conscious knowing, but the small picture is definitely within the scope of our personal choices. And that's why I encourage you to make that big choice to start your day every single day with meditation. Meditation is such a powerful way to orient yourself to that larger reality and then live your life as part of that bigger picture. The great Sufi poet Rumi said, talking about human beings, human consciousness, he said, Rumi said, we are not drops of the vast ocean of consciousness. We are the vast ocean of consciousness in a drop. And to wake up in the morning and to begin your life that way changes everything. And in my books, I also explore the reality that when we make that decision, when we orient ourselves to something greater than than ourselves, all kinds of things shift in our bodies, in our brains, in our energy fields, in our genes. We literally can measure now with sophisticated gene arrays that things like telomeres, the markers on the ends of your chromosomes, that influence how long you live. Those change based on consciousness that things like the expression of cancer-suppressing genes change based on your consciousness, based on your awareness. So when you live your life as the ocean in a drop, it changes everything. And I invite you to use the many inspiring episodes of High Energy Health to remind you of that every day. Don't Let yourself forget. (laughs) Remember, remember every day that you are the ocean in this drop, in this day, in this moment. And the choices you make about how to live your life are going to have a dramatic effect on everything from your health span to your longevity. I welcome your well-being. 
and I'm so glad you are paying enough attention to it to show up here as part of our wonderful community of people who tunes in to high energy health. So welcome, and I'm so glad you're here. My guest today is Michelle Madrid. She's the author of a book called Let Us Be Greater, A Gentle Guided Path to Healing for Adoptees. She's also the host of the Electricity of You podcast. She's a former foster child in the UK, an adoptee empowerment life coach, and has been recognized and honored by the Congressional Coalition on Adoption Institute. She's going to share with us many of the really powerful and validating ideas she presents in her book, Let Us Be Greater. Michelle, it's a pleasure to have you on the show. Oh, the honor is all mine. Thank you for having me today. Oh, wonderful to have you opening up and shedding light on this really crucial issue that affects so many millions of people and is often so shrouded in uncertainty and shame and guilt and worry and all kinds of emotions. And you shine a light on all of those things and, and help dispel them in the book. And I, I'd love you to share your own story and how this became such a personal mission for you. Well, thank you very much. Well, as you mentioned, I was born in the United Kingdom and placed into foster care early on. My bio mum is English, bio father of Spanish heritage. I was born of their affair. My mum was married with three children at the time, and my my bio father was single and not quite ready to be a dad, and so the decision was made to place me into foster care. And inside of foster care, I received many, many limiting labels. I call them my logos of limitation, the logos that diminished my sense of worth as I grew. Words, labels that were clearly written in my foster records, talked around me, spoken about me, of my, of what they called a child who would be difficult to place due to her circumstances of being they termed it an illegitimate child, unwanted child, a child that was more ethnic looking, states in my foster records, resembling her father, the Spaniard. And so there was little hope that I would be adopted into a forever family or a permanent home. But I was. I was adopted by an American family who was living in England at the time. My mother and father had two sons. My mother desperately wanted a daughter. And so that's how they entered the adoption conversation. We lived in England for a time, moved back to the U.S. I was brought to the U.S. to be raised. And inside of my adoptive family, you know, no family's perfect. I and mean, inside of my adoptive home, my father struggled with an alcohol addiction. And so things were tough growing up. And there was, you know, verbal abuse that went on. And I think an extension of words that were used to me about me that just furthered my belief that I was unworthy, unlovable, and somehow not fully welcome into this life. And I grew up with all of those beliefs and they just continue to, I think, grow inside of the silence. We didn't talk about adoption much in my family. If we tried or I tried. My mother would normally say, I saved you from a very hard place. 
just be grateful and move forward. And so there was a lot that was buried, not only about my adoption, but also about alcoholism inside of our family. And, you know, I'm a big believer that silence hinders healing. I believe we have to talk about these things. We have to excavate these hurts, these wounds that we suffer as little ones. We place so much of the, I think, the burden and responsibility of what happens inside of our families on our little shoulders as we go and as we grow. And it can diminish our sense of self and our sense of worth for sure. And so my journey to this book, my journey of healing, of self-discovery, of really reclamation, of claiming what feels true and authentic for myself, which has been uh, life-altering, life-affirming, um, has taken me along a journey really of alternative modes of healing, soul work modalities, I like to call them, that I have been so fortunate to connect with and lean into. This book is sort of a culmination of that and certainly what I move my coaching clients through as they too embark on the journey of self-discovery and reclamation of their truth, their most authentic selves. And so this book, Let Us Be Greater, is seated in the title, my experience in Ethiopia when I adopted my daughter, who is now 14. I am an adoptee who has adopted. And the meaning of her Ethiopian name, Tiblet, which means let her be greater. And when I learned of that translation, it felt like a divine message at that time, back in 2010, that I still had work to do because I held my daughter in Ethiopia. I remember holding her for the first time and seeing so much potential in her tiny little body. And I remember vividly thinking, I see all of her potential in front of me, yet I still struggle to see my own potential, my own value, my own purpose in this life. What do I need to do to change that? And so that really started on, I think, my next level of healing, of transformation, which brings me to this book. And really, what is the mantra, the crying out to all of us adopted or not? Let us be greater. Let us move beyond the broken circumstances of our stories that want to hold us back. Let us understand them, excavate them, explore them, and ultimately you know, shift those limiting beliefs into our limitless truth. Let's claim those things and move forward in a healthier and whole way in our lives. I love that phrase, move forward into our limitless truth. Mm. And one of the interesting reflections I was making as I was thinking about what we would share today was research showing the number of children who are not adopted, but who wonder if they were or wonder how they fit into their families. And actually, the majority of people at some point question, how did I wind up here? I mean, how did I wind up with, with these bizarre human beings that are, are my mother and father and my, my siblings? And, and they feel profoundly not at ease, not at home, especially those who are in the large minority of people who are regarded now classified by psychology as highly sensitive. A lot of people are regarded as highly sensitive and they find no home for who they are in their families. And in a, there's a large-scale study done in the 1970s that found that most people are having elevated experiences of transcendent experiences of greatness of their own soul at some point. And that same study found that they don't talk to anybody because there's no echo of, of that. There's no room for that in the circumstances they find themselves in. So they do not tell their parents they don't tell their priests or their ministers or their rabbis. They don't tell their friends. And because they don't talk about that sense of destiny, that sense of meaning that they've experienced, they assume nobody else has it as well. And so we live in these little silos in which we think we're the only one having these experiences. Meanwhile, most people are 
And so this is common to, to virtually everyone. I'm just curious as to how, as you began to expand your horizons, you began to realize this wasn't an experience just you were having, but it was common to all adoptees. And of course, this other research shows it's common to many people who aren't adoptees as well. How did you begin to, to, begin to realize you had these commonalities with other adoptees? Uh, let me tell you, that's been life transforming for myself, life changing, and certainly life saving for me to know that I'm not alone. I think that's something that we struggle with as adoptees and we have struggled with for decades and decades is this sense that is this feeling that I'm having, is this question that I'm harboring, are these emotions just restricted to me? And if so, why do I feel this way? Is there something wrong with me? I used to think that all the time. Is there something wrong with me? Why do I think about my first family when I'm being told by my adoptive family that maybe there was something wrong with my first parents? If there was something wrong with them, if they did something that was bad, does that too mean that I'm bad? Is there something wrong that I don't know about that no one's telling me about yet? within that same internal dialogue that I was not bringing forth with parents, with family members, even with friends. I was very much isolated in my own thoughts. I too had this contrasting belief that I had a light within myself. And I remember a song at church growing up, and it was this little light of mine. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. And I distinctly remember that song and how it would penetrate me. And there was something inside of me. There was literally electricity that I felt as a little girl, like there was a message, a messaging that was coming through. And I didn't know how to, I didn't know what to do with it. I didn't know how to process that, but yet it gave me hope. This sense that there was a light inside of me that I could rely on, even within my darkest thoughts, that if I could believe that that light existed and I too had a light to shine, that I wasn't broken somehow because of my story, that perhaps that light could guide me forward. Perhaps it could be a guiding light for me, literally, and a mentor, if you will, a beacon of hope along the way. So often, though, I think we feel very alone in our experiences. Number one, if I had gone to my parents to say some of the things, share some of the things that I, I was dealing with, some of the thoughts that I was having, the questions, the emotions, the sense of guilt and shame, I didn't want them to think I was ungrateful for being in their family. So I hid a lot of that. And on the other side too, I didn't know where to go to say, I have a light within me. And I think it's telling me that I'm here for a reason and a purpose and perhaps even greatness. How do you share that? Because if I even tiptoed into that kind of conversation, normally I would get, you know, it's not good to a sense of boasting or bragging about who you are. You got to dim your light down and just sort of fit in. And I never believed really, honestly, that I was just here to fit in. I always believed somehow I was here to figure out what had happened to me, how those things were impacting my sense of self and sense of worth. And as I grew and as I went along and evolved along my own journey of life, how do I get back to that light and reignite it and live the truest version of myself? I think that's what we're all here to do, not to hide from our greatness, but to step into our greatness, plug into it and ignite it really bright and shine our unique gifts and our unique purpose into the world. I think if we each could really commit ourselves to doing that and to believing in our own greatness, wow, we could really transform this world we live in. Absolutely. And you're coming at it and you're helping in your coaching practice adoptees, but this is really a journey 
of every human being. This is the hero's journey that Joseph Campbell talked about, the process of individuation that Carl Jung talked about, the process of stepping into your greatness, and that that, that quote from Rumi I used earlier, that we are the ocean of consciousness in a drop. We have some sense of that greatness, and the human potential movement in the 60s and 70s began to remind us of that, and we have the sense of this, we just don't know what to do with it. And of course, we do not see this echoed in, in the people around us. And so we, there's no room for that, no way to really develop it for many people. So they often do settle for, for those lives of mediocrity. I remember uh, Wayne Dyer famously once said, don't die with your music still inside of you. <laughs> don't die with your music still inside of you. And many people do, you know, they have this magical sense of mission and purpose. They have no way to express it or manifest it and no validation for it in the outside world. And of course, you do get those messages then when you do begin to hint at it from the outside world, things like, there are all these cliches like, don't get too big for your britches, curiosity killed the cat, who do you think you are? (laughs) And all of these are training to stay small. We accept that training to stay small and we stay our small selves and don't express our full potential. And again, so many people do. Research, again, with the dying shows that they, many dying people are profoundly sad that they are dying with their music still inside of them. They did not step out and express that full potential. And I think your work and your book is, you know, goes far beyond adoptees to the message in all of us to express your greatness, find who you are, find ways of expressing it. Will everyone accept you? No. Will some people try and shut you down? Absolutely. Should you stop? Definitely not. (laughs) So we're going to talk more about this after a break, but please stay tuned. You're listening to High Energy Health. I am your host, Dawson Church. And for more about Michelle Madrid's work, go to her website, themichellemadrid.com. The, T-H-E, the michellemadrid.com. We'll be right back after a break. Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health. I'm your host, Dawson Church. I'm so grateful you're here. You are doing something for yourself. You are honoring yourself. You are filling your mind, your consciousness with inspiring, positive messages. How could it be any better than that? And there's so much negative stuff that bombards us from the news and other people and worries and our own past conditioning, our families, our culture. And then it takes a real hero to say, you know, I'm going to show up for myself. I'm going to plug into positive media. I'm going to fill my mind with positive messages. I'm going to take control of my mindset and I'm going to believe in myself and I'm going to really take responsibility for filling my life with wonderful ideas and wonderful inputs. And again, inputs are going to become your outputs. So I'm so glad you're here with High Energy Health. Bookmark this site, email links to these programs to friends of yours who are struggling with whatever it is that isn't working in their lives. You'll find shows on every conceivable topic here. There are over 200 of them in our archives. So go ahead and share those with other people who are suffering and let your light shine in that way. I'm so glad you're here. Make it a habit to be here and to fill your mind and your life with positive information. And again, Michelle's website is the 
madrid.com. So, Michelle, you were singing this little light of mine in church, knowing there was inner light there, getting zero reinforcement on this from your family and people around you. They were just quite happy to tell you that you uh, were were not to shine. And what cracked you open? What changed for you to change all that? You know, I was almost 16 and had traveled to England to reunite with my bio mom. And it was our first time to be together since our separation, the relinquishment, so many years prior. And I remember seeing her for the first time in a very crowded Heathrow airport. And I had all the nerves of, you know, when I I flew there by myself, I was nervous and questioning whether she would actually show up at the airport to greet me, but she was there. And I remember initially feeling a sense of anger, like I wanted this moment to tell her how much I had suffered and how, you know, my relinquishment had hurt me and all the confusion I had been growing up with. But yet, as I moved closer and closer to her, standing in a beautiful lilac dress that she was in, I remember the anger just melted away. And before I knew it, I was sort of melting in her arms and she in mine. And we just stood there in Heathrow at Heathrow Airport crying. And uh, we drove to her home about two hours or so north of London. And I spent several days with her and, you know, I would ask her questions and many times she would say, I don't remember, or maybe she would give me an answer, but it would be, you know, a very brief one. And I remember just feeling a sense of longing that I could have a conversation with her, really understanding the why behind my relinquishment. I wanted to understand more of who I was. I was so thirsty, hungry for information. And one day, shortly before I was leaving to fly back to the US, we were out in her garden. It was a sunny day. And a neighbor came from across the street and she said, well, who do we have here? And my bio mom got really nervous. And there was this long, it felt like a pause that lasted forever. And I just waited for her to say what I thought would be, this is my daughter, Michelle. But instead, she said, this is Michelle. She's a relative from the US. And I remember my heart broken about a million pieces in that moment. The neighbor left. And I said to my mom, as I call her, why didn't you tell her I'm your daughter? And she said, it's none of her business. I didn't think she needed to know. And I said, I needed to hear the words, mom. I needed to hear you say those words. This is my daughter. And it was such a painful moment, but it was also a gift. You know, I do believe sometimes the most painful moments in our lives can be gifts. They can offer us so much in the way of direction of along our own path of learning and evolving, becoming who we're here to be. What I learned in that moment, the seed that was planted was that there was no one really outside of myself who could give me the answers that I was looking for, that I might better start looking inside of me to figure out me, who I was, why I'm here, the worth that at that time I really didn't know if I possessed. Certainly that light that I used to sing about in church, this little light of mine, certainly that light that I was still feeling in in my teens was holding some sort of clue. And I got really curious. I got really curious about myself and my journey. I remember coming home feeling a sense of, I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I know I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to figure out who I am. I'm going to find me again because I feel really lost. And I think I might be my anchor. 
I think I'm swimming around looking for anchors outside of myself and the anchor I need is staring me back in the mirror. And so I got really curious. I believe curiosity is the cure. I don't believe it killed the cat, <laughs> you know, and we hear that, right? We hear that so often. Get small. Don't talk about these things. Avoid these emotions, these feelings. But I think when we get really curious about those things, they're here for a reason. They want to guide us forward and help us heal. That's what cracked my egg. That's the moment that really got the juices flowing, if you will. And then, so where did you turn first in that quest to let what you knew was inside you out? It was in college, and I'm holding the book in my hand, Louise Hay, You Can Heal Your Life. I saw this book when I was going to, to school in New York, and it didn't say you can heal your life unless you're adopted. It just said you can heal your life. And I got very intrigued. I got very curious, and I opened up to the very front of the book, and I started reading things like, Every Thought We Think Is Creating Our Future. We are each responsible for all of our experiences. It's only a thought, and a thought can be changed. All of a sudden, my mind started sizzling, you know, and expanding. Only a thought, and a thought can be changed. I have the power to change my thoughts, because at the time, my thoughts were really driving me crazy. They were telling me, I, you can't achieve. You're not worthy of achieving. Those dreams that you hold are meant for other people, not people like you. Not, you know, people who are left by their first parents. Not people who are abandoned, relinquished, not people who grow up inside of a, a home with a parent struggling with an alcohol or drug addiction. You know, we must be willing to begin to learn to love ourselves. Whoa, all of these philosophies that Miss Hay listed in the front of this book got me really, really curious. And I began to read that book. It was the first thing I ever read that gave me a sense of hope and direction, some traction along my own healing journey. And then I started reading in college books by the great Maya Angelou. And I started to feel mothered by this woman I never even knew. I was mothered by her words, her own broken experiences, and the wisdom and the strength that she possessed, even through all of that. And I began to recognize that perhaps those broken paths offer us a sense of purpose and strength if we're willing to travel along them and begin to ask, how is this here? How is this moment here to grow me? What is it here to show me? What is it here to teach me? These broken moments that I have been wanting to hide from, that I have felt reduced by, what if I could look at them in a different way and begin to seek out wisdom in the wound. And I think that was really, those things set me on the path. It was always through reading. It was always through the written word. And at the time, through the writings of women who had been through so much, yet had emerged on the other side of that with a power and a purpose that I wanted to possess too. And those people wind up being mentors, guides. They don't know they're being mentors and guides when they write and share. But sharing then inspires other people and we realize that we are not alone other people have these same obstacles similar obstacles to ours and that we can learn to shift and change ourselves and that is a powerful learning experience then we wind up usually identifying with a few of those mentors a few of those inspiring beings and then they become our templates so they become our source of inspiration and our ability to recognize someone else has done this already. <laughs> I'm not all alone. I don't have to do it myself. Other people have walked this path before. And that is so powerful for us to realize that 
if they can do it, if they can overcome their blocks, if they can take those thoughts that are keeping them small, keeping them limited, and overcome them, I can too. And that is a game changer for us. So I'm so glad you had those virtual and physical mentors to help you shift your thinking. And now you're taking that role of offering that to other people. We're going to go to a break right now, but please stay tuned. You're listening to High Energy Health. My name is Dawson Church. For more on Michelle's work, go to her website, themichellemadrid.com. We'll be right back after a break. Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health. Isn't this a delicious conversation we're having? (laughs) Isn't it wonderful that you get to sit there and be a fly on the wall and listen to Michelle and I talking about these questions? And I hope you're asking yourself some really difficult questions as well right now, like what is the meaning of my life? Who is my inspirer? Who is my template for being everything that I can be? Are there ways in which I have listened to these voices from outside that have kept me small? And what's going to crack my egg? (laughs) So I want you to listen with all of those questions in mind. Challenge yourself to get big, to let your light shine, and ask yourself what's holding you back and see what resources you can find to help you crack your own egg. Again, for more about Michelle's work, go to her website, themichellemadrid.com, as we dive a little deeper into this personal journey. So Michelle, you become a coach. What do you recommend people do first when they start to have this questioning in their minds? Am I living my fullest life? Why not? What might there be? Even if my parents and my society, my community didn't support my coming out and being my full self, how might I do that? So people asking those questions, where do they start? What do you recommend they do? You know, I think it's very important to understand that if you're having those feelings and those thoughts, not to question them, not to say, maybe I'm crazy. You know, am am I crazy for thinking these things? No, you're not. You're, You're moving forward along the journey of your own beautiful evolution in this life. And it is your journey. It is your life. And so one of the first things I I always offer up is who are you going to listen to? What voice are you listening to right now? It is a voice out there who's questioning you or telling you that dream that you have or the purpose you think maybe you're here to live out is not real, can't be achieved. Who are you to think that anyways? No, start trusting more of your voice, that intuition, that beautiful heart space, that gut space that lives inside of you, the light of who you are, your authentic self, start going there, you know, sit in stillness, ask a question, you know, what would you like me to receive in this moment of quiet stillness? Believe in the voice within that place of wisdom, that wellspring of worth that lives within each and every one of us. And then I think it's starting, you know, to explore concepts. I think really simple concepts that are life transformational, shifting in our mindset, understanding that a thought is just that. It's a thought. 
and it is the building block of our life experience. Thoughts are the building blocks of our life, but we have to understand that a thought is not your identity. It is a thought. And so get curious. Again, I go back to curiosity is the cure. Get curious about the thought that you're having, because if you're having that thought consistently and on repeat, it's becoming a belief. Now, a belief can empower you or disempower you. So what are the beliefs that you're walking around with each and every day? That you're not worthy? You're not worthy of your dreams? You're not lovable? You're not worthy of stepping into the greatest version of who you're here to be? If you're having those thoughts that are turning into beliefs, and that's the framework of your life, I would urge you to really get curious about those things, because if that is something showing up for you day in and day out, it's it feels like it's a pervasive belief, it's a permanent belief, it has become your identity, then you need to do something about it. because. It's not your truth. Each and every one of us is here with a unique electricity and power, and we're here to light up the world with that. And so, you know, leaning into community, who is out there that I can reach out to who might be able to say, I get it. I understand. I've been there too. Whether if you're an adoptee, whether it's a life coach like myself who was adopted, and I can say to you, I understand, I get it, I've been along this journey, and I want to take your hand and help you move forward in your life to become unstuck. You know, lean into that. Lean into communities. Again, if you're an adoptee, you know, like-minded communities, people out there who have experienced similar things that you have in your life, lean into adoptee communities. Because we're mobilizing, and we're connecting, and we're using our voices, and we're sharing our perspective, and it matters. You know, how do we break through perceived shortcomings? How do we break through limiting beliefs, limiting power structures that are out there saying that we have to live our life in a certain way, that we can't be the narrator of our own life? Well, we have to converse about it. We have to get real and we have to get raw about these things. So whether you're an adoptee or not, I guarantee you, if you really sat down and look at your looked at your life, maybe you do a timeline, a life timeline, you'll see that there have been moments in your life where you felt fully connected and ignited by your light and moments when you have felt very much disconnected and dimmed down. What was going on during that phase of your life? Journal on that. Start to know yourself. And as you begin to know yourself, that, you know, self-knowledge, self-knowing is such a great gift. I want to know this woman that I look at each and every day in the mirror. I want to look at her and know her. What makes her tick? What's she here to do? What's she really like? I'm the only one who can own that. And there's no one more than me who wants to get there. Just like there's no one more than you who wants to live out the fullest version of your life with all the potential and illuminating light that you're here to ignite for yourself and for others. And so I think I, I would start there. That The simple yet profound question is, what voice am I listening to right now? Is it my voice? And if it's not, I think you might want to start listening. And that begins with sitting in stillness, asking quality questions of yourself, and journaling on those things. Powerful, powerful, simple, yet effective tools and rituals. So listen to that powerful piece of advice. Get curious, journal, and ask yourself, what voice am I listening to right now? Am I listening to the voice of limitation? Have I internalized those voices of limitation from my childhood? The people who said 
You'll never amount to anything. You don't fit. What you offer isn't valuable. You'll never make anything of your life. Have you internalized those voices? Are those the voices, the, those the thoughts that are occurring that are shaping your reality? Or are you curious about who you might be under that mantle of limitation? And are you making time and space for that self? And I really want to challenge you to do this. This is a powerful exercise that Michelle is recommending to us. Take it to heart and make your notes right now and then spend some time, perhaps in the next 24 hours, to really do that journaling exercise. Get curious and ask yourself that powerful question. Again, there's no consequence here for you in terms of anyone else's judgment. It's just you and your journal. It's you and the universe. So go ahead, be honest and see where you are and then see where you might go and what voice of greatness, what whispers of greatness might be there under it all. We're going to a break right now, but my name is Dawson Church. You're listening to the show High Energy Health. Michelle's book is called Let Us Be Greater. We'll be right back after a break. Hello and welcome back to High Energy Health. Hasn't it been a profound journey today to dive into these deep questions about who we are, why we're here, the voices that have blocked us from living our full selves, and the challenge now that Michelle and I are giving you to live your fullest life. That's why I tell you to listen to High Energy Health with a pen and paper in hand or if you prefer more modern technology, by all means, be recording it on a device. But don't let this chance go by. You probably have felt stirrings in your own heart to do these exercises as we've been sharing. Go ahead and make the time to do them. Listen to the show again. Send the show to anyone you know who's struggling with their life purpose. Send them a link to High Energy Health. Invite them to explore this with us and make this part of your life's journey to really meet these questions right now in your own life and look for what you might find, the greatness you may not have been expressing and experiencing and how that might shine and move forward from you and even affect other people out beyond you and have an impact out there in the world. So, Michelle, as we wrap up our conversation together here, what is the central recommendation you give people when they're on this journey? What big message do you have for people who are opening up this avenue of self-exploration? First and foremost, you're so worthy of this journey of self-exploration, self-discovery, a reclamation of what is true, what feels good and right for you. We don't need to give those things away. Those things are treasures. We can realign with our values. We can reconnect with our truest voice and live our authentic life as we celebrate our authentic self. Living someone else's version of who we are and what we're here to do is not living. I had to come to that real understanding that I had been doing that because I, I so wanted to be loved. I so wanted to be accepted. So I was willing, even if unknowingly willing, to dim down my own light because I was so afraid that if I lit it up and if I lived my truest self that I might be rejected once again. And you know what? People will leave. Sometimes your light gets so bright that others can't 
be around it and that's okay. Bless them, let them go because they're on their own journey. But you know, I think I began to love myself. I began to understand that when my mother relinquished me, that I think in that moment, I relinquished my right to love me. And I needed to get back to that place of self-love. And so as I did that, and I began to look at words that used to harm me like illegitimate, I would write that word down and I would scratch through it and I would say, no, no. Whenever that word came up in my mind, no, you are not illegitimate. You are a legitimate light in the world here to shine so, so bright. So when those thoughts, those beliefs, those words that feel like they're limiting you come across your mind, stop, tell them no and replace them. You can change the channel on that programming. We all are capable of changing the channel on programming that doesn't support us and support our highest good. And so love yourself enough to do this work. You are so worthy of it. You are not meant to live a life on dim. You are meant to live a life fully ignited and illuminated. I promise you this. Imagine a world in which that were our assumption that everybody and children were brought up to find their light and live their light. And we welcome that light, however it comes out. And just imagine how the world would be different if we simply cultivated the expression of the light in every human being be a very, very different world. How do we move toward that kind of a world? You know, it starts, everything starts within. Change begins within. I have that in the book. It was a powerful um, bit of knowing for me when I realized that change begins within. It starts with me. If I'm willing to do the work of changing what's inside of me, the external world is going to respond to that energy. So every morning I get up, I look myself in the mirror and I say, go shine your light, girl. Go shine so bright. And when I drop my kids off to school, I say, shine your light today because there's no one who has a light like yours. And whatever that light looks like, I'm willing to accept it because we each have these beautiful individual selves, these authentic selves that we're here in this world to express and do the individual work that we have been divinely assigned. My goodness, do not dim your light and be aware if, you know, if you ever get caught in a moment where you may have said something or done something that may have slightly dimmed someone else's light, stop in that moment and you can change the channel on that too. You can say, hey, can we have a do-over? Because I don't want to dim your light. And maybe what I said right then in that moment made you feel a little less bright. And I don't want to be the cause of that and talk about it. Let's converse about these things. None of us is perfect, and but we can certainly grow in our sense of awareness, and we can grow in our ability to accept one another as we are for the beautiful individual lights that we are. And I think that's a great way to start. And again, it starts with you every morning. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, go shine your light. Go shine it so bright. It's powerful. And also, we then tend to attract people who are in that same frequency, that same wavelength. In the Yoga Sutras of Patanjali, one of the wonderful things he says, he says, the fruits of self-study are many. So the, the fruits of self-reflection are many. He recommends self-study, self-reflection. And he says, one of those fruits is you surround yourself with radiant beings, that radiant beings are attracted to you. As you become radiant, you naturally then resonate with other radiant beings. And it's remarkable what happens. We find that people then start to form communities of radiance very naturally. They're no longer attracted to or drawn to or attracting people who are dimming their light. 
they're attracting people who are helping reinforce their well-being and their life. That's become part of this whole, whole huge global movement to do that in the world. Michelle, it's been a wonderful privilege and a pleasure to connect with you today. Thank you so much for the wonderful work you're doing, both with adoptees and also the whole concept of let us be greater than those limitations we were handed early in life. It is possible. And Michelle gives us this wonderful roadmap for that. So thank you so much for your, your work and who you and the light you have become. Such a pleasure. I'm honored to have had this moment to speak with you. I think you're absolutely delicious. Thank you for this time. <laughs> it's wonderful to create that delicious life for yourself. And we thank everyone here for being part of this delicious community. Till next time, every blessing. Take care of yourself. Love yourself to the max. Be happy. See you on the next episode.